Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Hey, podcasters. Uh, welcome to the program. It's a Tuesday. A great, great show for you. I mean, we talk about Elon Musk and uh, his go ahead and arrest me attitude, which I absolutely love. We have Cheryl Atkinson on who is talking about uh, General Flynn and what's happening in Washington and the lies of the media. And then we have an hour with Megan Kelly, who just did the Tara Reid um, interview about accusing uh, uh, Joe Biden of of sexual, not harassment, sexual assault. It, it, her interview is fascinating. And we get into also coronavirus and uh, people that are protesting the coronavirus. All of that on today's podcast. Don't miss a second of it. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. America, welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Glad you're here. Uh, there's a couple of things. I got to stop and talk about Elon Musk because I love this guy. I love him. Now, remember, Elon Musk is a global warming guy. I mean, that's why he's that's why he's planning on going to Mars because he's so convinced about global warming. Okay, so he's not exactly a conservative, um, but he's he is great. I just love him. He's an entrepreneur. He is. He's Tony Stark. Let's be honest. He is living the life of Tony Stark uh, and using his money in all the ways that you would hope to use your money if you were really, really rich and a genius. Um, Well, he is in uh, an argument now with California. And California has said you can't open your uh, your uh, factory uh, until when, when are they saying the 20th or something like that? And he says, I'm opening it up. I'm opening it up today. That's, this is today. Uh, and, uh, if you want to arrest me, go ahead. I'll be on the line. So now California is really, really pissed at him, uh, because he's defying their orders. And he says, I don't get authority from you. I don't know. You, some, some little coronavirus commission. Nobody elected you. No. I'm running my company. And so he's opening up the doors today. Apparently, it has been crowded for the last few days as they started to come back online. And he's threatening to move to Texas or Nevada, which you can move to Nevada, but you will be welcomed here in Texas, Mr. Musk. Yeah, I understand that Newsom kind of gave him the go ahead. And then it was some non-elected county official that said, no, you're not going, you're not restarting that. And he's like, who are you? No, I'm, I'm going to restart it. So I, I think good for him. I, it's, it's unconstitutional. Oh, I, hope they, I, I hope they arrest him. I hope they do. They won't. Mm-hmm. I hope they do because he has the money to make it into. He's not going to shut up. And he's not going to take it. You know what else is kind of cool about Elon Musk is he's the only billionaire hobo I know of. 
He says he's going to be without a house. He's getting rid of all of his possessions. He's supposedly incredibly cash poor. He's just a billionaire on paper. I mean, he doesn't have, apparently, a lot of cash flow. At least that's what they say, and that's what he has said in the past. Uh, So it's kind of interesting to see the way he operates. Uh, He talks down his own stock. He talks about not having any possessions ever. He's a really interesting guy. Interesting cat. I love him. If there was anybody I could interview today, my dream interview probably would be Elon Musk. I find him one of the most fascinating. He's kind of a, he's a Nikolai Tesla of our era. Um, And I think misunderstood and, and maybe crazy. I don't, I don't (laughs) know. I don't think so, but maybe crazy. Uh, And I love that about him. And he embodies the American entrepreneurial spirit. He is a Nikolai Tesla um, in all the ways that, you know, on all the things that implies and and maybe even the crazy part. But uh, I I hope they arrest him because he won't sit down. He will not sit down. It's fun, too, because the left now hates him just for the reasons we've been talking about that he insists on opening his factory again. And that I can't he, take their zero tolerance policy. Yeah. Ugh. You disagree with one thing on the left and you're mm-hmm. out. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially so. this one's really interesting to me because he seems to be, you know, he's against the lockdowns. Right. And the president yeah. is still, you know, he, he has obviously called for six weeks of lockdown. And he said he's been defending it on Twitter recently that it was the right policy to do. And yet now opposition to Trump is unacceptable to the left, which is a fascinating development, right? But because, it, because wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This isn't this. This No, I hate this argument. I oh, heard okay. this on Fox News of oh, all I'm places. Sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. Uh, Jeez, oh, gosh. Well, you did. I'm a little like Elon Musk. I may be I crazy. So. Here's uh-huh. the thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> Here's the thing. Donald Trump. Yes, he had the six week lockdown, but all of the rest of this stuff is happening because of the states. Donald Trump is not responsible for all of this stuff now. Yeah, all I mean, of these I, I, lockdowns are being run by the states, not the federal government. Right. I'm just saying Trump agreed with the policy for six weeks, right? He's now trying to get yes. people to open up. And, and he's saying, and he's, by the way, even after the lockdown expired, is it, it was criticizing the Georgia governor for doing too much too fast. So, I mean, I don't think Trump is in a, in a situation where he has been advocating this. You know, the media tries to make him out to be this crazy, radical character where he's just like, everyone go out and sneeze on each other. Like, that's not what he's done at all. There's no evidence all, of that whatsoever. All. And so, you totally know, reasonable. and what and what uh, uh, Musk is doing here is he's been saying, like, you know, free America, open it up, blah, blah, blah. And like that is in opposition to what donald trump is saying which usually immediately guarantees you're on the right side of the left because the whatever that trump says uh if you're on the left you have to disagree with it what what is funny is they just are reading into his mindset and saying well he doesn't actually believe it he doesn't actually believe no he's actually no but he's actually come out and said that this is fascistic What's happening is fascistic. Musk. So he's not. I don't think he's. Yeah, I don't think he's meaning that about Donald Trump. Per no, se. But he's, he's he would say he's about, meaning about lockdowns right now. His his immediate yes. concern is Newsom, who's gone further than Trump. But I mean, I don't think mm-hmm. the difference. Which I don't think the space between Trump and Newsom is fascism. 
they they both have said like hey this is a this is a big time we need to close down the economy you know like i think just for whatever reason because trump's at times rhetoric says hey we, we're we're you know we want to open this up and we, we want to get out there when we want to get out there by easter but then he himself had the lockdown several weeks past easter right like he's looking at this mm-hmm. i think and trying to judge it with the best scientific you know knowledge that's coming into him uh and musk is uh is is saying it's time i think it is time this is Texas. We're, yeah, is we've started to open it up, and I think we've done Are it. You in wearing a smart masks way. outside? Was you wearing masks outside? No. You wearing masks outside? outside? No, I don't wear them outside. Do you, no. do you no, wear them in a store? I wear them into a, a store. Oh, do you? Uh, yeah. Uh, sometimes, oh. you know. I mean, it's, it depends on the situation. I feel like it's interesting because um, I've been to one store with 100 percent mask usage. Really? Whole Foods. It's the only place oh. I've been into that has worn all the granola oh, people. Yeah. Right, and that's probably the absolute <laughs> safest place to not wear a mask because everyone else is wearing a mask. Yep. Um, if I go, there's mm-hmm. some stores where they're, no one's wearing them, and that's actually the place you probably should wear them, uh, which is kind of counterintuitive. Did uh, you guys see the video of the real estate agent in Miami whose client apparently uh, went against uh, her better judgment, the realtor's better judgment, and didn't wear a mask or gloves to an appointment? Mm. Uh, watch this. You're just a tad upset about it. Video because I'm a little f- pissed off at the simple fact that people around this town mm-hmm. don't wear the mask, don't wear their gloves. I just finished showing a house right now. The lady was pissed off because I asked her to wear a f- mask. Like seriously, woman. And then she's coughing two seconds later. Like it's no f- big deal. We're in this f- because of f- like that. Because people out there on their f- boats doing all their bull partying. No, I'm not jealous. No, I'm not. Because you know what? I have a yard. I could go out with my friends and party, but there's a time and place for everything. And now is not the time and place. Now is the time and place to be taking care of yourselves and the people around you. There are people dying. There are people in hospitals risking their lives because of like you who won't wear your mask, who don't wear your gloves, who don't wear practice social distancing. There's somebody yes, who bought in a party town, But the truth is, you know what? There's a time and place for partying and everything. Now uh-huh. is not the time to party. The what? Oh, wow. Only in Miami. <laughs> only in Dade. Only in Florida. Let me do it for a video for a me from TikTok. Wear your mask. Wear your gloves. Mm. Or we're going to be quarantined all the way to September. And we may be spending <laughs> New Year's in our house because of you out there who don't wear your mask. And you mm. know what? I give a God rep. You guys get pissed off at me. Don't like me. And you know what? You delete me off your social media. You'll probably mm-hmm. be doing me a favor. So I don't need like you. Wear okay. your mask wear oh, your gloves so we can get the out of our house you dumb <laughs> wow hey. here's what i would suggest yeah uh, you shouldn't drive while uh, <laughs> thank you while recording yes. she's got one hand you can see it in her glasses she's got one hand on yep. the steering wheel and the other one on her phone uh. why did you know it's effing people like you that are killing people on the roadways <laughs> i really thought at the end that yes. she was going to crash into something at the end of that video i thought that's what oh, i was waiting great. for it would have been great <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know it would have been great i guess <laughs> well it would have been appropriate uh you know i i i find this uh, I, I find this also in, uh, in intriguing as she is uh, she is yelling about this. I'm guessing she didn't sell the house. I'm guessing she left <laughs> yeah, the house. I'd say that's a good and guess. Didn't, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I wonder if the woman would have said, "Okay, let's sign a contract." I wonder if that rant would have happened. No way. <laughs> yeah, probably not. No way. Right. <laughs> and the other thing is the glove situation. When you go into a store, yeah, gloves. wearing gloves, and then you touch something. 
you're already con- you're contaminated right there. You need to yeah. change the gloves after you touch anything. So if you have enough ch- glove changes with you uh, to t- to change them out after every single touch, like you're touching a, a cereal box that has been handled by forty other people. Right. Well, yeah, and the glove people, thing is, isn't even science, right? It's I mean, not. Like, it's, no. it's, it's, you know, it's much better to actually have touched something bad and then wash your hands than right. to have it on your right. gloves. Mm-hmm. Then you take it off. A lot of people would touch whatever is on the outside of their gloves if they don't take it off properly. And then what? Use that as an excuse to not wash their hands. Well, you should wash your hands after that anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, the mask thing, I think, you know, the science on that is, you know, look, there's a good, they say about 70 to 80 percent uh drop on how how many droplets could get through if someone sneezes uh, in your face basically which is look it's it's how it, often it are helps. people sneezing in very your face, infrequently yeah. but i mean it only yeah. takes once as you right. very recently found out I did for my grandson who <laughs> sneezed grandson. directly in my face <laughs> and uh yes i did get sick mm-hmm. it's better than having it it's better than having your daughter is better than having your daughter vomit in your mouth which oh, i've had and yes, that's was, nasty that sounds worse <laughs> it was um, not definitely good. worse no mask is helping good. you from that i no. will say yeah. yeah no daddy i have a tummy ache well Blah. what does it feel like Blah. <laughs> yeah, it was not good. It but, was not good. I mean, you know, as far as I know, Glenn, you haven't been out at all. So uh, you, you probably don't have to worry about masks because you haven't gone out to dinner or anything. You haven't taken advantage of any of our no. Texas freedoms and yet. I'm really liking staying at home. I'm really <laughs> loving it. Uh, there is a ch- If there wasn't a camera in my house that I had to show up every day, I might look like Howard Hughes at this point. <laughs> I may have just a long beard and really long, creepy fingernails and be like, like, I'm just peeing in bottles now and leaving them outside of the door. It's a very attractive really image. <laughs> yes, I know it is. Uh, but I'm, I'm actually very, I'm, I'm enjoying it. And I can't take the mask thing because, I mean, I'll wear the mask if, you know, if we have to wear the mask, I'll wear the mask. Um, but it, it's ridiculous because nobody knows what they're doing. Did you right. see, I, I saw somebody yesterday, where was it on TV? They were wearing the mask. And they were talking, but they they had the mask just over their mouth, not over their nose. And I'm like, that's not doing you any good. Doing? Yeah, that's not doing you. And you know what I love I mean, is you- when they when they take their glove hand and they pull down the mask so they can talk to you. Well, you've just contaminated your gloves and your mask. Right. Yeah. So why do you have them on? No, my yeah. just no, no, no. My favorite are the people like at Home Depot that are wearing gloves and their gloves are like black from wearing them all day. <laughs> yeah. You're just You're keeping like, it around you... longer. I don't know. The glove thing makes no <laughs> sense. Not, you can't wash none. your hand. You can't wash the outside of the gloves off. So right. you're, the stuff that you pick up stays there forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have just your hands and you touch something that's bad, wash your hands. You're frequently washing your hands and it gets removed and you're okay. every so often. Right. It doesn't happen with gloves. That's, That's true. It, the mask thing at least makes sense. I think that, you know if you you can obviously yeah screw the mask thing mm-hmm. makes sense, but the the yeah. gloves make no sense. No sense. Pat Gray from Pat Gray Unleashed podcast. You can hear wherever or listen to him uh, live before this broadcast on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you very much, Pat. I want to thank Patriot Mobile. In addition to their generous support of Mercury One during these troubled times, Patriot Mobile has gone above and beyond to help Americans stay in touch with their loved ones. During this lockdown, and they've done it by lowering their prices even further. Right now, their U.S.-based team is standing by to design with you a customized family plan that can start at only $25. Now, Patriot Mobile shares your values, and they'll never charge you for hidden fees. And unlike Big Mobile, they're not going to send your hard-earned money to places like Planned Parenthood or leftist causes. 
so you can get the same reliable nationwide service and support a company that shares your values, supports our Constitution, and puts people before profits. Switching is super easy. Right now, when you join their family of freedom-loving Americans, they will waive the activation fee, plus send you a free gift with the offer code BECK. That's 972-PATRIOT. You're going to save a buttload of money. It's patriotmobile.com slash BECK. 972-PATRIOT or patriotmobile.com slash BECK. You know, if you, ever, if you ever listen to somebody and you agree with everything they say, turn off the radio or, or look for some other voice because that person most likely is lying to you. The thing I like about Cheryl Atkinson is she takes on both sides. She won an Emmy Award for Outstanding Investigative Journalism for the Business of Congress, which included an undercover investigation into fundraising by Republican freshmen. Uh, She had two other Emmy nominations for Benghazi, Dying for Security, and Green Energy Going Red. It was around that time period where she fell out of favor uh, with uh, the people at CBS News and elsewhere. She has kept her good name and her integrity, and she joins us now, Cheryl Atkinson from um, uh, FullMeasure.News. Cheryl, how are you? I'm great, Glenn. How are you? Good. I read your story this morning, and I wanted to get you on because I, I, I wondered if you could take us through what is happening with this so-called Obamagate and kind of explain it in layman's terms and tie it to your your story that you just wrote, which is incredible about all of the news inaccuracies over the last few years. I think that a lot of the conspiracy theories we heard about four years ago that I didn't put much stock in because they sounded so far-fetched in some cases have to a large degree proven through documentary evidence and testimony to be absolutely true. No one's more surprised than I am because, again, it just seemed like who would do that? And what I'm talking about is... Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, help me out on which conspiracy theories, because that's what everybody says about both sides. Now, it's conspiracy theory. <laughs> so this one is the notion that when President Trump became a viable candidate for office and threatened both the Democrat and Republican establishment, the money system, and what's perhaps even worse, threatened to bring in Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, who, let's say, knew where the bodies were buried and the intelligence community knew he was going to upend abuses and corruption that he knew about, there became a desperate attempt to make sure that that didn't happen. And that included attempts to try to find anybody surrounding the Trump campaign who maybe had been to Russia so that it would be easier to justify getting a wiretap against those people through which they could capture President Trump's communications and try to controversialize him um, and make sure that he didn't serve as an effective and complete president. I think that's what we've seen. That's why they targeted Flynn. You remember um, President Obama met with President-elect Trump in the White House, and before any of these conversations that Flynn had with the Russian ambassador that were controversial, before any of this happened, President Obama reportedly told Trump, don't hire Flynn. Why do you think that is? But I think it's pretty clear now, based on, again, the documentary evidence, that there was an effort when Trump hired Flynn anyway to go after him. And as the handwritten notes of one Department of Justice official said, Do we want to get him to lie? Is that the goal so that we can get him fired or get him prosecuted? And that's exactly what it appears they did. 
So, Cheryl, take me through the the argument or the back and forth of the president knew about this. The president didn't know about this um, and and why that's important. These these meetings uh, that the president was involved in. Which meetings are you talking about? Sorry, the meetings, the meetings at the White House uh, where, you know, uh, I think it was Clapper said, no, I didn't inform the president. The president didn't know anything about this. And we now find out that they did have a meeting um, and they were talking about the FBI investigation was coming to an end. And he said, no, keep it open. Keep it going. Ah, President Obama. I'm sorry. I was thinking President yes. Trump. Um, oh, yeah. I sorry. President done- Trump. Uh, Obama. Yeah, I- I have not dug into that yet, so I just don't I don't have any particular insight. But the question that's been raised by the new information that's coming out three to four years later, by the way, after we should have had it, this is public information. In my view, it goes to the heart of potential criminal wrongdoing and national security. But this was kept hidden even by people working for President Trump for the past couple of years until now. But what we're getting at the heart of now is how high up this went. There has been a a steady stream of documentation from the inspector general and documents and congressional inquiries as to the participation and wrongdoing, including in the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court, improper wiretaps by FBI officials, the doctoring of a document by an FBI lawyer. Well, we, we know all that now, but how high did it go? Did all of this happen sort of under the radar without the top authorities knowing, or did President Obama play a role in helping to direct this? Did his top national security advisor and officials, what role did they play? I think we're finally getting at the heart of some of some of those questions. And I would tell you that in general, it, it, it defies credulity to think that all of this was being done at, a, at that level, the way it was being done without the knowledge of top officials. So, what were they when you said Flynn wanted to go? Obama would respond, "No, the guy's a racist. I didn't like the way he was. Uh, he, he spoke about uh, Islam, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. What What are the bodies that Flynn would have known that that Obama didn't want uncovered? Well, I'll tell you a couple of things I know about, and this is before 2016. Through my sources in the intelligence community, I knew that they were wiretapping political figures and journalists, not just me, other people. Um, A lot of people improperly, and I would say illegally, being monitored, perhaps blackmailed, or at least leverage used over people, you know, that knew they were being monitored or had been monitored. Um, These are really big things that I think have been going on for years. Edward Snowden revealed some of this. Some of it, a little bit we found out about with revelations about the Obama administration getting subpoenas against Associated Press and that sort of thing. But I think a far greater danger, there were more under-the-table efforts, not even legal subpoenas that were being secretly, you know, given against the press. I think there were a lot more shenanigans being conducted inside our intelligence agency for the past 15 years. And top people, Brennan and Clapper, head of the, the director of national intelligence and head of the CIA, on multiple occasions that I've documented on a timeline at CherylAckison.com, provided false information to Congress. Um, they were part of spying on uh, the Senate Intelligence Committee, but then providing misleading information when asked about it, then having to ultimately admit it and apologize. I mean, if you think about it, it almost starts to 
when you look at the timeline, looked like they were spying on practically everybody. Who weren't they spying on? This is not allowed under our Constitution and in our country. And I think Clinton knew a lot about a lot of this. And going into 2016, I was told this was one thing that many people inside the intelligence community, the bad actors, not the good actors, but something that they feared. So this is the worst case scenario, I think, for all Americans. I don't care if you're left or right. I don't care if you love Obama or love Trump. It doesn't matter. This is awful uh, and leads us into a completely dystopian uh, world. Uh, it, do you believe there's enough there? And are there any journalists out there that are part of the mainstream that this will affect enough to where they will say, we got to put partisan politics aside. This has to be uncovered. I just think a lot of the deep diggers who would view things that way and just go where the facts lead. That's not being done at a lot of the mainstream news organizations anymore. They're just taking handout propaganda or comments from anonymous sources on one side or the other and publishing them. That's not a lot of real work or digging going into this. This takes real work. I've seen people like Glenn Greenwald of The Intercept and a couple of other places, including some left-leaning publications that have actually dug deep because their interest lies in, in intersects in some cases with the interests of the right where these privacy invasions have happened, no matter who's committing them or these constitutional violations. Mm -hmm. I have seen some deep digging, but it's not being done at what I guess you would call the traditional mainstream outlets. The best of the Glenn Beck program. World renowned journalist. She is probably one of the best interviewers uh i have seen uh i'm trying to think of somebody that was better uh, i can't think of anybody that is better at doing interviews she's always gets to the bottom of it and i think that's because she was a, a lawyer she was a litigator for nine years before she went into uh journalism welcome to the program megan kelly how are you hey glenn good to see you oh good to see you i didn't know you were going to be on on skype as well great glad to have you i make it for you Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, Megan, I watched your uh, interview. I've watched it twice now. I honestly, very rarely do I say there's no question left uh, on the table because uh, I wanted to try to get her and I think she chose you uh, instead, obviously. Uh, but uh, I thought I had some real questions for her. You handled all of them. How did you find her? uh personally well personally she was delightful um you know she was perfectly kind warm she's been through the ringer you could see that too this is not a woman of great means and um you know when i got to her she had i think the night before hired well not hired she's not paying him but gotten a lawyer and a pr person for the first time in this whole thing so she for the first time felt a little bit more steady you know she's had no protection and she's out there, you know, she's on a very thin reed and she's getting it from all sides and she's got no team, Glenn. You know what I mean? There's there's no natural yeah. constituency backing her. So she was a little, I don't know if the word's fragile, but maybe just a little unsteady. So how shocked do you think she was? Because I, I say this to people all the time. They say, I want to come out and take a stand or I just want to agree with whatever. 
And I'll say to people all the time, are you really aware? People don't know, Megan, until unless they've lived your life or my life or Tara's life now, how horrible uh, the media and social media can be. I mean, there it is a business of destroying people now. Oh, yeah. It's how brutal. shocked. How, how shocked was she by that? And what kind of damage has been done to her? Well, I mean, I think she was expecting to have her credibility questioned. You know, you 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 better be if you're going to come out and accuse somebody running for president of something as serious as this. She, she's not she's no dummy. She understood she was going to take hits in terms of whatever. You know, is she credible? Does the story make sense? But, you know, her bankruptcy got posted online. They're going back to 1993 and looking for did she bounce a check? It's like, you know what? I, I put myself through law school and you want to go back and look at my bounce checks. You're going to find a lot of them. You know, it doesn't mean I'm right. not a credible person. A lot of us were poor when right. we were in our 20s. And so I think that part of it has been rough. The, somebody posted a picture and her address of her daughter uh, who's, you know, mm. in her 20s. And you know, that's messed up. She's getting death threats over this. It's just you know, the media is totally irresponsible and people are so nasty and social media is so awful. So I think she's, she's a little rattled, but you know, all things considered, she was holding it together. Okay. So has the me too movement changed anything? I mean, if you accuse the right person, it's good. If you accuse the wrong person, it's not. I mean, has, has it changed anything for women? I mean, cause if I were a woman and I had a story to tell, I would be terrified after seeing what's happening to her. Well, I will say this. I think political accusers, you know, accusers in a political race get it the worst, right? It's like, not, not that like the Harvey Weinstein accusers had it so great. For God's sake, Rose McGowan right. had you know, secret agents following her and, and trying to dupe her. But if you come forward, whether it's Trump, Biden, uh, Roy Moore, you know, as an accuser in, a, in an election year, you're going to get it worse because as we've seen with Tara Reid, even constituencies that might naturally support you are now suddenly very suspicious of you. Um, so I think that's rough, but to your question about the me too movement, it's done some good. I think there's no question. It's done some good in calling Mm -hmm. attention to the fact that, you know, there is harassment in the workplace. Most women Mm -hmm. for most of time have just gone along with it because we kind of were told this is how you make it in the man's world. And so just sort of putting that asterisk in people's minds, like this is a Mm -hmm. thing and you know, you should probably at least listen when a woman comes forward and actually putting the idea in women's heads that they can come forward if they have something all good. But um, the pendulum, you know, which was over here when it came to women's allegations, like when I was in college back in in the early nineties, if you came out with a rape allegation, you were probably going to be dismissed a lot more easily than you would be today. So that, so the pendulum needed to swing, but like so many of these things we've overcorrected to a point where now the accused they haven't been getting due process. You can make a single allegation that's unsupported and ruin a guy's career over 30 years. That's not okay either. You know, we, we got to get to a right. place where we settle, where the women are taken seriously or the men accusing. Um, they're heard, but due process is afforded to the person being accused. So if, if Tara Reid is the person who can do that it, it, by exposing the hypocrisy of some of the Democrats who have, you know, with the believe all women nonsense, which was never sincere, then she's done good for the country. And, you know, we'll see whether her allegation has impact beyond that. Okay, so I want to come back to the listening versus believing and the impact on politics and stuff in a second. But I I want to go, you know, you just said 
if you made a rape allegation in the 80s or 90s, uh, you would have been in trouble. And what they probably would have done is shut a slut shamed you. Uh, And I noticed a little bit of this with her answers. First, wear a, you know, stop wearing short skirts. And she said, I wasn't wearing short skirts. I was just wearing stuff off the rack. Um, uh, But then I thought one of the most uncomfortable things that she said, because I think she knew um, and uh, she felt the old slut shaming kind of thing about her underwear and mm-hmm. how, uh, without getting graphic, how Biden gained access. Um, and you could see she was uncomfortable with that because of her mother and she didn't want to tell her mother that. And that makes sense to me. And it makes sense to me that she wouldn't want to say anything. And it makes sense to me that she understood the slut shaming thing that oh, she's asking for it. Look at her skirts. Well, I'll, put, I'll, put my, wearing. I'll put my lawyer hat on now and argue it both ways. Right. You, you can you can say she was uncomfortable having that discussion because she didn't really want to reveal to the world that she was wearing what I think she was saying were crotchless underwear to, to yeah. work at, at the U.S. Senate because she was supposed to see her boyfriend later. And that, that was her story. Mm-hmm. Um, or you could say she seemed uncomfortable because she wasn't telling the truth um, because she had to explain how he could gain access under her skirt so quickly. And, you know, there's there's a belief by some on Capitol Hill that all the women back then in 92, 93 were wearing pantyhose, that it was an, either an unwritten rule or an actual rule. You had to wear mm. pantyhose in your legs and therefore Biden couldn't have done this. So, you know, that's up to the viewer. Mm. I really believe well over the course of a 40 minute interview like that, they'll walk away with a good sense as to whether they're they're seeing a truth teller or not. Did you see a truth teller or not? Well, I'm not going to opine on my own personal belief because I want to continue reporting on this case. And I, you know, I shouldn't choose a side. I mean, I definitely have my own belief, but it's irrelevant. So uh, the, uh, is it the Karen person that is not a real name? Can you tell me, uh, tell me about, and not, I don't know, I don't want to know who she is, but tell me about her and why she is important and why she's not comfortable coming out. Okay, so Karen is by far Tara Reid's best witness. Um, She, Tara has, you know, a corroborating witness that is far more compelling than anything we saw from Christine Blasey Ford. I mean, far more compelling. Um, Far more. I mean, there's no there's no contest. And anybody who tells you differently is lying. to Nope. Um, Karen is the person who was friends with Tara on Capitol Hill and was in Ted Kennedy's office as a young intern at the time. They befriended one another. And Tara told Karen contemporaneously with the alleged assault that it had happened. And according to Karen, Tara's never deviated in a single detail over 30 years about what allegedly happened that day. Now, I've spoken with Karen at length. She's a professional. She's smart. She's on it. You know, you talk to her and you're like, okay, I, this is a very credible person who's been successful in her life. Mm-hmm. Um, but at best, what that establishes for Tara is that Tara told Karen this happened. It doesn't prove that it actually happened. And so, you know, you, you would have to believe there's something a little wacky about Tara, right? That she would back then be right. making a story like this. But Glenn, right. that happens sometimes. Sometimes that does happen. I'm not saying it happened here, but people do need to allow for the possibility that Tara did make that up and has been telling witnesses for mm-hmm. 30 years because it's a story that somehow meant something to her and she decided to spread it.